Fine, sure, whatever. Room tone, Philip. Oh my god, okay. Okay, that's probably fine. It's fine, sure, whatever. You're fine, sure, whatever. Welcome to Look Good for the Boys, a horror gossip podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Philip. Philip. What? How you doing? You know, <laughs> I'm doing my best. Okay. <laughs> We're all, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm doing my best. I'm no. doing, you know, something. I don't yeah. know what percentage of it is my best. I'm trying. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Listener, if you got a minute, you should rate and review us. Yeah, we love those rates and reviews. <laughs> we do. We love them. They make us happy. They do. You can also follow us on Twitter at Look Good Number Four Boys, or follow us on Instagram at Look Good for the Boys, all spelled out. There you go. Uh, you can email us at Look Good for the Boys at Gmail dot com. You can also text or call me at six one. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I want stalkers. No, you that's don't. My, that, Trust, okay, you that's my goal in not. life. I've is, had is to be killed by a stalker. Jesus Christ! That's how I want to go out. You need to figure <laughs> something out. I mean, I don't want it tomorrow. I don't feel like you get to say that. I feel like <laughs> I feel like a stalker decides. <laughs> you invite a stalker, and then it's on their schedule now. Oh, is that how that works? That's how it works. Okay. Anyway, listeners who think I'm hot, my address is... No, no, that's not... Okay, I'm done. Okay, um, okay. look. <laughs> we have a listener engagement episode coming up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bonus episode. Yep. We're still taking some s- submissions for it. I think we've got enough to do a full episode. We have a lot. We, we kind of have plenty, but keep keep them coming. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do more than one. Who yeah. knows? Or we, yeah, we, we got to look, we got a lot of stuff coming down the the old pipe here coming up and we're behind we're not behind schedule but we're like not as ahead of schedule as we used to be so we got that's, a lot that's called being behind schedule. okay so we're, we're we're just not like missing dates yeah 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 yeah. except the you know, well except the, the dates we already missed <laughs> yeah so last week we talked about the jaws sequels we had it some was, fun it was shark week shark week we're not at a summer beach house this summer no it look with gas prices we can't really go anywhere yeah i don't feel safe flying since yeah. they stopped the mask mandates on planes. So we're not going to any summer beach houses this summer. We no. just, we had a shark week from home. Yeah. And I want to address some things because we, we speculated on the lineage of the sharks in the Jaws movies. Uh-huh. And okay, I want to, I want to address the great white shark in the room. I did mention that the, the Jaws shark's name is Bruce. I personally don't like calling him Bruce. It's a dumb name. It's, well, it's a name they came up with the prop shark for right. the move like behind the scenes like that's like that's like saying Roy Scheider instead of Martin Brody mm-hmm. like that Bruce is the actor 
Okay. Yeah. Jaws is Jaws the shark. is the shark. Yeah, agreed. So when you get this Bruce business, it's like, no, that's that's behind the scenes stuff. And Brucetta, I mean, yeah, those were literally the the special effects team's nicknames. Yeah. Well, and the shark in Jaws too, they called it was it Harold and Fidel were the two names that the this the crew had for the animatronic sharks. Anyway, this is the Jaws fandom. And then Brucette is the shark oh, in Jaws 2. Well, Jaws, Jaws 3 is Brucetta. Oh, okay. And then Baby Shark, which is like weird. Why not call it Lil Bruce, you know, or yeah. Baby Bruce? Why you it Baby Shark? Come on. And then <laughs> Vengeance is the name of the shark in Jaws the Revenge. They got lazy. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this not, is Jaws 4. We not, we're, yeah. done. we're done naming these. And the relationship... Between these, we got a couple things right. So, Vengeance is supposedly the son of Bruce and Brucette. And like I said, okay, well, but except <laughs> you said that the you thought Brucette was Bruce, and then I thought it was just another random shark. We were oh, both okay. wrong. Brucette is Bruce's mate. Okay, you're oh, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood you. So, the shark from Jaws 2 is the shark from Jaws 1's mate, yes, okay. And then the shark from Jaws 3 is, depending on who you believe, either a completely random shark or Brucette's sister or Vengeance's daughter. Okay. There's this idea, wow. I guess, that Vengeance had a kid and that was Brucette and then Baby Shark is Vengeance's grandkid. I mean, what I like about that is that it gives Vengeance a lot of reason to go after the Brody family then. Right? That, both yeah. his parents and his daughter his and his family. granddaughter were all killed by the Brody family. His whole family was wiped yeah. out by the Brodies. So yeah, he has reason to be pissed. Yeah, yeah. This, the Vengeance is like, it's death wish. You know what? That's canon for me. I'm going with that now. <laughs> I think they should call him Jaws, Jaws at, Jaws at a Baby Jaws, and Ven Jaws. Ven Jaws. So... I just wanted to address that. I just yeah. wanted to address our speculation on the the relation, the family tree of the Jaws sharks, and how we we're we didn't look at any of the fan the wiki fandom stuff. But you know, even that stuff's kind of unclear. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think any of it is truly accepted one hundred percent as canon by any one arena. There's mm. conflicting information. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> There's conflicting information within the movies. Yes, that's true. Anyway. All right. Did you get the jaw stuff out of your system? I, I yeah, okay. Because I have to get it out of my system. <laughs> yeah. Because that was Shark Week. Yeah, it's not Shark Week anymore. And this is not, not Shark Week. Yeah. So happy not Shark Week. Happy not Shark Week, yes. <laughs> the sharks have had their time in the sun. Yeah. And now we can explode or electrocute them to the bottom of the ocean. Or spear them with yeah. a boat. Yep. Or have them die in a tide pool That's because it's too small for them. And move on. Yeah, let's move on. So this week we're focusing on non-shark aquatic horror. Yeah, but they're all still Jaws cash-in movies. I don't want to call them rip-offs because they're not. No. But they're cash. These are all movies that were attempting to cash in on the success of Jaws. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how to say that. I like cash in. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that influenced it gives the movies too much credit and rip off gives them not enough credit. So cash yeah. in gives them just enough. Yeah. Because they're not <laughs> trying to do the same thing. It's not like the Italian movies. Right. Where they're complete rip offs. Yeah. yeah. They, they're very different movies. So, okay, the three movies we're covering today are 1977's Orca, 1978's Piranha, and 1978's Barracuda. Barracuda. 
Like the song? Yeah, it's a good song. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. Before we get into our awards for Not Shark Week, these films are so wild and all over the place and have so much going on that I feel like we, unlike with the Jaws movies, we actually do need to give a, a direct synopsis. In this, we are going to spoil the fuck out of these movies. I highly recommend, I actually recommend you see all three. Because yeah, they all, all are fascinating They're films. all very interesting movies. Orca is, you can rent it. It's not streaming yeah, anywhere for free currently. But you can rent to stream it. Yeah. And then Piranha is streaming for free on Tubi. And Shudder. Oh, it's on Shudder? Yep. Great. I watched it with commercials for no reason. Yeah, I watched it on Shudder. No commercials. Must be nice. It was pretty nice. <laughs> Thank you for asking. And then Barracuda is currently, as of this recording, free on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend watching these. And if either you do or don't, we're about to spoil them for you. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Chronological Order, Orca. Orca from superstar, hotshot, Italian-American, sometimes ripoff producer, Dino De Laurentiis. Yep. <laughs> it was directed by Michael Anderson and stars Richard Harris, Charlotte Rampling, Bo Derek, Will Sampson, Robert Carradine. Robert, Robert Carradine and uh, Keenan Wynn. It's one of two movies we're talking about today that has Keenan Wynn. He's also in Piranha. It's also Bo Derek's first film. She actually filmed another film before this, but this was the first one that got released. So, plot of Orca. So, you have this fishing boat led by Captain Nolan, played by Richard Harris, who has grand designs to capture something big, to have big game, to bring into captivity he claims not to murder um you know at first at the beginning of the film he's looking at great whites but then when orcas kill the great white yeah he's looking at orcas and so he and his crew are trying to capture an orca against scientist rachel bedford plays by charlotte ramplings strong objections and he ends up accidentally killing the female (laughs) well (laughs) there's an orca abortion yeah so he brings the female abort who is still alive, but as they're bringing her aboard, she tries to kill herself by ramming herself against the propeller of the boat, which slices her stomach open. So when they bring her on board, her unborn baby falls out. I didn't know that that she sliced her stomach open. I thought that that she was just giving birth at the time, maybe prematurely. I mean, either way. Either way, it's not good. Yeah, the, the fetus comes out of her, and then Nolan freaks out and washes it overboard. With a hose. With a hose. And the whole time, we get a shot of... Does the orca have a name? No. I don't think we ever get a name for this. Orca. Did the crew have a name for him? Like the Not that's listed the in the film? trivia. Okay. Because I want to give this orca a name. I keep wanting to call him like Violent J or Shaggy 2 Dope. Because I, mean, I just, I look at orcas and I'm like, oh, they're the juggalos of whales. I just call orcas juggalo sharks. When I was watching it, I just kept, I know this is unoriginal, but I just kept referring to him as Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yeah, that's true. You were calling him that. Sure, Big Daddy. Why not? Or we could call him the groom. I was, th- <laughs> the groom. Yeah, yeah that's pretty funny. Yeah, because he looks like he's wearing a tux because that's how he's painted. And there's some very Kill Bill-like moments in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a revenge movie. Yeah, it's very Not much. to jump too far ahead. So yeah, so the whole time like... Big Daddy the Groom is watching this happen. Yeah. <laughs> keep, we keep getting shots of his eye. 
Yeah. Like his angry, uh, sad eye. And instead of like in Kill Bill where it's yellow, it's actually red almost every yeah. time. Like red lights are flashing on his face and his eyes as yeah. he's like staring at these crew members that are yeah. killing his wife and unborn baby. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they take Mama Orca, and, but then they decide to dump her. Yeah, because the the groom just, is fucking them, their boat up and like ramming their boat and shit. So they're yeah. like, ah, get rid of it. Richard Harris Nolan has this moment of Catholic guilt. <laughs> he has a few he of has those several moments. moments of Catholic guilt. He's a very interesting character. Yeah. And they dump the body and she's the 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 her big daddy whole fin hole. What 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 I'm trying to come up with a bloody fin that they because they nick oh, yeah. his fin. They That's nick the his whole fin thing. When they're harpooning her. He pushes her corpse to the beach. Yeah, as like a, to be like, look what you did. Yeah. And that's when, you know, Rachel Bedford, the scientist, gets involved. And I, I'm going to like summarize this a yeah, lot. Let's... So the orca starts to like fuck up the town and cause a lot of damage. He causes a <laughs> bunch of boats to sink. He explodes yeah. a bunch of shit. He blows up a building. Yeah. He's, he starts killing the crew members off or like maiming them. And not just one building. He blows up the entire oh, yeah. gas line. The whole gas, the, the whatever thing explodes because of him. So he knocks a house into the ocean. The town eventually kicks him out. Uh, like, Nolan, they kick Nolan. Yeah, out. yeah. They, and the, the fisherman's union guy is like, "You got to get the fuck out yeah, of here." Yeah. They 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 kick him out, and this is all taking place in some. What's the name of the town? Or South Harbor. South Harbor, which is uh, a Canadian town on the Newf- eastern Newf- Newfoundland. Okay, it's in Newfoundland. So he goes way up there. through like the Gulf up there through, uh, along the coast of Labrador because he decides that you know he owes it to this orca to to go out to sea and accept his fate to face the orca yeah. on his own terms. Yeah, the whole thing is that he reads it like the orca is calling him out like it's the Wild West. And right, he's like, like you we're gotta, dueling. Yeah. Um, and the si- it's, Rachel it's, decides to go with for some reason. It's almost like the original Frankenstein, too, in that way, in that he, he goes up to the basically the North Pole, the Arctic, to confront his monstrous creation. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, Will Sampson, who plays Jacob Umalak, mm-hmm. comes with too for some reason because he feels like this kinship with the whale. Yeah. And the, the whale leads them into like incredibly ice-filled Arctic waters yeah. for a final showdown. And, you know, slowly is picking off the crew one by one and ends up, you know, fighting. Nolan actually has this thing where he's like, I want to face the whale on his own terms. Or what does he say? He's like... Oh, he wants a fair fight? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is a fair fight with the killer whale? Yeah. Between a, a human m- mammal well, yeah, land he, born. He says know? that as a whole thing where he's like, I'm not going to use a gun. And it's like, that thing is outweighs you by like a lot and yeah. has teeth. Yeah. Spoiler alert. The fight isn't very fair. No. <laughs> I do think it's funny too that Rachel's like, he wants to fight you on the sea. And it's like, I where did she get her degree exactly? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to we'll, talk, we'll about, talk that. about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So that's that's the premise of Orca. And I mean, you know, since we're there, we'll sum it up. <laughs> Captain Nolan loses the fight. Yeah, I mean, this is a revenge movie, and the good guy wins. <laughs> yeah, and the only one to survive this is Rachel, and because she wasn't on the boat when when you know Big yeah. Daddy's wife died and the baby she gets picked up right by a helicopter yeah i mean it's implied it's implied if if we didn't get that shot of the helicopter it'd be like well she's definitely dead too yeah because they're in the middle of they're like standing on these like floating uh what do you call those like the um drifts like ice drifts yeah they're like flows of ice or whatever yeah among a bunch of icebergs in the middle of fucking nowhere northern canada no boat 
<laughs> yeah, the boat sinks. You're going to die here, lady. But then you just get this shot of like the sun setting and a helicopter flying in to be like, oh, I guess she lives. Yeah. Okay, moving on to 1978's Piranha. Oh, man. Texas. We go from Newfoundland to Texas. Yep. And here we have the story of science gone wrong. <sighs> this movie is so good. So we have an opening with Barbara and David breaking into some unknown facility. This is the first movie I've watched for this podcast in two weeks that doesn't open up underwater. <laughs> like the rest of these movies, it's all like underwater footage of scuba divers or fish swimming. And now it's like, oh, shit. Like it was kind of jarring. Yeah. We start in the quote unquote mountains. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the they're, hi- they're out hiking in the woods. Yeah. And they come across a government facility. They break in. They find some random pool and decide their best They're, bet is to go swimming. Yeah. And he even said, like, he gets his clothes off before he's like, what if it's sewage treatment? And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I would be thinking. Like, you yeah, broke right? in. There was a sign that said, no trespassing. This is a body of water that's clearly man-made mm-hmm. that's got, like, a bunch of, like, you know, treatment-looking things around it. That's fenced off. And she just pushes him yeah, in. Yeah, Barbara's response to him saying, what if this is sewage, is to push him in. Barbara, you asshole. <laughs> I mean, okay, in all fairness, I think you would know at that point if it was sewage. Yeah. You know, but still, there's no way that that water is healthy. No. Or No, safe. there's nothing about it that would be, like, I would not... You couldn't pay me to get in there. No. Barbara and David are so dumb. Yeah. If this didn't get them, something else was yeah, going right. to. Very shortly. So they die. They get eaten. Yeah. There is no universe where Barbara and David <laughs> live to see 30. No. Like, it, it doesn't exist. No. Uh, so then we cut to Maggie McCown, McCone, McCune. They, McCune. they call her, like, McGowan, and I'm like, that's spelled McC- McC- McCown. McC- I don't fucking know. Just call her Maggie. Well, just call, her name's Maggie, whatever. Yeah. She's a skip tracer. Yep. So she has been hired to find Barbara and David, mm-hmm. and she goes to this area of Texas and recruits drunk, traumatized <laughs> Paul Paul Grogan. Paul Grogan, who, I mean, the one of the first things he says in this movie is, "I got scotch, gin, bourbon, and tequila." So well, he Paul, gets delivered. It gets it, but that's he's literally says that when Jack, but who's the this is the second movie we get Keenan Win in. Mm-hmm says like he's doing this whole thing where he appreciates all this stuff he has and then he's like what do you got and paul's like i got scotch gin bourbon and tequila paul's got a problem yeah he's got a big problem yeah and he continues to have a problem all the way through the end of this movie (laughs) yeah paul's paul's not doing okay paul's not going to do okay probably i mean i will tell you even though he does survive this at the end of this movie his daughter fucking brings him his booze in his canteen yeah (laughs) Shot of her walking around with the canteen, and it's like, ooh. It's like, this is not the first time she she's going to be telling his, his this story. <laughs> to, yeah, she's going to be saying this in a room full of people with chairs seated around her in a circle. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so anyway, they team up, they go up to this facility. They find these ponds, and the facility seems abandoned. Uh, you know, according to Paul, it was an ar- army test site that was closed down five or six years ago. Yeah. So Maggie decides, like, well, here are these ponds, let's just drain them. <laughs> <laughs> which because <laughs> they're like well maybe if they jumped in here their bodies would be at the bottom it was her whole thing yeah which to be fair holy shit maggie you're smart because like that's i mean if the water if that water weren't full of the things it's full of that would be actually smart that'd be a good idea like congratulations mm-hmm. you traced them to here 
and this is this is definitely where they ended up. Yeah. You know Barbara and David pretty well, Maggie. <laughs> you got them figured out. I know she's actually good at her job. <laughs> Look, Maggie's awesome. Yeah. Maggie's one of my favorite characters ever. She's, she's so, so great. fucking weird. Yeah. This movie also like moves at her pace at times like it's like she takes the movie and the movie tries to keep up with her (laughs) it's pretty interesting to watch so meanwhile kevin mccarthy pops up as dr robert hoke does anyone play crazy paranoid as well as kevin mccarthy and the answer is no the answer is no (laughs) so he has a breakdown trying to stop the draining because he knows what's in these waters Mm -hmm. spoiler alert in case you haven't guessed it's piranha it's piranha the title of the movie (laughs) yeah i like how differently everyone in the movie pronounces it too piranha piranha and my favorite is barbara Steele. piranha 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 (laughs) she's oh we'll get to her yeah we'll get to okay so he is subdued and the pond is drained Mm -hmm. and then he tries to steal their Jeep and crashes horribly because, hey, don't drive concussed is my recommendation. Yeah, this is the first <laughs> stolen vehicle, I think, in the movie. There are a lot more. Uh-huh. <laughs> GTA Indian Springs. Which leads to him being captured and taken by Paul and Maggie. Paul, yeah, Paul and Maggie capture him after that amazing Jeep crash. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And they get him and they... They take him downstream. Uh, well, they take him first. They go to Paul's cabin. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they right, bone. Okay. Yeah, and <laughs> they totally bone. Which is so. And it's just again. It's the scene is like Paul getting drunk and Maggie just asking him a bunch of questions. It's almost like Maggie is the surrogate for the audience here, and she's just like, "All right, uh, exposition. We need exposition. Give me information." She's mm-hmm. like, she's getting impatient, and then it's because she wants to fuck. But yeah. and she gets hers. She gets hers. I, I, that's so weird. Um, but then they take him on a raft because they don't have a Jeep anymore. Yeah. And so they find out that what they did was they, long story short, they released these specially bred piranhas under Dr. Hoke's breeding program called Operation Razor Teeth. Yeah, Operation Razor Teeth. To breed these piranhas that can breed really fast like rabbits, like yeah. constantly procreate. And survive in any... And survive in any condition. Yeah. Basically these war weapons. They were meant They were going to gonna release them in the rivers in Vietnam. Yep. And then the war ended and so his program got shut down, but he kept... Fucking hippies. (laughs) (laughs) So they're trying to get downstream to warn people and and stop the spread of these piranhas further down the river. Because downriver is first a summer camp Mm -hmm. where Paul's daughter is. Mm -hmm. And second, a newly opening resort. The Aquarina. And, you know, some stuff happens along the way and the military comes along because they don't want this out. Well, and also one the colonel of the military has an investment in, a, he's a silent partner in the Aquarina, in the Aquarina. and Resort. So that's why, yeah, he wants to keep it hush-hush that yeah. there are these deadly piranha. So they, you know, like once it's proved that this is happening and Barbara Steele comes along, who is a former partner on this project. Former partner on the project, former lover of Dr. Hope. Yeah, Dr. Mengers. 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 And she, you know, is like kind of the... She's, yeah, she's just like a, a military mouthpiece, really. She's yes, just that's like, what I was looking for, a mouthpiece. Yeah, she's yeah. a military mouthpiece. She's just there to like tow the fucking company line, basically. Yep. And so they throw some poison in the water and say it's done. Meanwhile, the piranha get around the first dam, 
right? Yeah, it's they they get around the dam. There's a bypass. They get to the Aquarina. They, well, first know. they get to the well, they summer get to the, camp. the summer camp because that's where we say goodbye to Betsy. <laughs> okay. Well, look, the summer camp. This movie has so many movies in it. Yeah, it's, it's got a lot a of lot going on. Movies put together. And the summer camp thing, we get Laura and Betsy, who are both fantastic. Yep. Hulk is dead at this point because he tries to save a kid. There's carnage at the summer camp. A bunch of kids get fucked up, yeah. and at least one dies. Mm-hmm. You have this like military leader of the summer camp, Mr. Well, Dumont. <laughs> Paul Bartell, who's always fucking great. So you have a massacre at the summer camp where Betsy dies. So they got arrested is the thing. I fucking forgot about. There's so much going on yeah, in this movie. Yeah, this I am trying to remember all the the orders here. Like they get they at one point they're in fucking jail. But doesn't that happen after the summer camp cuz they escape jail to go to the resort? Yeah, well they steal a jeep. <laughs> they steal a military jeep from the military. Then they get arrested in the stolen jeep and they end up in jail. And then they steal, they break out of jail and they steal the cop car to go to <laughs> The resort. The resort, the Aquarina. Yeah. So that's after the summer camp. Yeah, all of that is after the summer camp. Before the the Aquarina. Yeah. There's more carnage. They also steal a boat at the Aquarina. They mm. steal, a, there's a lot of stolen vehicles. Yep. I think the only vehicle they don't steal is the original Jeep and then the, the raft that's his. Yep. Okay, so there's the <laughs> massacre at Aquarina, Aquarina. Yeah. Because the fish keep going, right? Yeah. And they have to go like pollute these waters to kill the... Yeah, with smelting waste. Yep, to kill all these piranha. And meanwhile, the, the, um, the general dies... And a bunch of people at this resort die because uh, fucking Dick Miller, who plays uh, Buck, Buck Gardner, Buck Gardner refuses to do anything. And uh, yeah, they smelt the waters. They think they kill all the piranha. Paul barely makes it out alive. He's practically comatose. And then it turns out at the very end that the piranha made it to the sea and they were bred to be both uh, fresh and saltwater piranha. Yeah. And, and we get the great shot at the end with Dr. Mengers being like, you know, it's totally over. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and everything's then, fine. And then a shot of the ocean mm-hmm. where the piranha are definitely going to go now. Yeah. Uh, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's a breeze. It, it, it's a breeze. breeze. It just fucking, it flies right by and it's great. And finally, we have Barracuda, 1978. Yep. Same year as Piranha and Jaws 2. AKA The Lucifer Project. Yeah. Oh, man. This movie is fucking wild. It's a... <laughs> It's a trip. It is a different movie by the end. Yeah. There's not a single Barracuda in the final third of the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's like no more Barracudas no. after the second act. So I'm going to try to summarize this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's so much going I'm gonna, on. Here. I'm going to not say anything. And really? S- and just see what you do. You're going to see what I do? Yeah. Okay. So you have this university professor, Mike Camfield, who is trying to get water samples because in this small town of Palm Cove. Palm Cove, the lobster capital, population 4,000. Hey, Florida. We go from Texas to Florida now. Fort Lauderdale area. So in this town of Palm Cove, you have the Jack Chemical Company that is supposedly polluting the waters. And Paul, I mean, Mike is trying to prove that 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 is what's happening. Yeah. People in town are, are like getting weirdly aggressive meanwhile people in the water are getting eaten by barracudas like that that's what we're seeing it yeah. takes a while for everybody to catch on to this people are going missing but we see them getting yeah. eaten by barracudas and you also have these like quote unquote developers that are these like <laughs> men in black characters that are just like always hovering in the background and 
God, it just keeps getting more complicated. Papa Jack, who runs the... Sorry, Jack I said Chem- I was going to... Papa Jack runs Jack Chemical yeah. Company. Shut up, Bubba, when your pop is talking. <laughs> okay, so then you also have the sheriff's department with the sheriff, uh, Ben, and his deputy, Lester, and the sheriff's daughter, Liza, Liza, who is falling in love, of course, with Mike. Yeah, it's weird. It's inappropriate. It is. She's a college student. He's a college professor. I know it's not the same college, but it feels weird. Yeah, and and the sheriff's really like encouraging. The sheriff's it. into it. Yeah. That's the that's the part that's weird to me. I think he just wants to get rid of her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody take my daughter. Okay, so long story short, a lo- there's a lot of like mystery solving here of like trying to prove that this chemical company is polluting the waters. Turns out it's actually not the chemical company. They bust this doctor, Elliot Snow, and get him to admit that it's actually the government that has contracted him to try to find a way to make a passive population more aggressive with the use of chemicals to cause hypoglycemia to essentially like essentially make them all hangry. They're all hangry. It's what's yeah, it's to make everyone mad all the time to stop the anti-war movement because if people are aggressive, they will be pro-war. <laughs> And so the barracuda. It's honestly what's fucking happening right now. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Barracuda, the Lucifer Project, called it. <laughs> so once they realize that the barracudas are just a side, the aggressive man-eating barracudas are a side effect of the Lucifer Project, the focus gets shifted to actually calling out and trying to stop the the government from doing this like there's this shootout between like two government agents and the sheriff and mike and they think that they can actually win this yeah good luck yeah right like you know you've lost yeah and then spoiler alert they do yeah (laughs) because it's it's the government (laughs) it's the government and as dr elliot snow says at one point after the government kills his daughter for knowing too much after killing the reporter and the photographer dr elliot snow says at some point the government will control everyone. Yeah, it's the government. They'll control us all someday. <laughs> My favorite is when he tells the sheriff who's behind it. <laughs> the sheriff goes, Mike, the government doesn't go around killing people. <laughs> and Mike just looks at him and he goes, oh, you're right. <laughs> okay, so that's our movies. That's Barracuda. That's Barracuda. Okay, before we get into our awards, Andy, I have a question for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which of these creatures do you think tastes the best? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's illegal to eat orca, so that probably is the best tasting one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the fattiest. Yeah, I don't know if it's legal to eat any of these things. They're probably all some form of endangered or limited, right? Like, I don't know. I just assume any animal is at this point. <laughs> I mean, the earth is endangered. Yeah, I mean, we're all, yeah. Have okay. you ever eaten piranha? I have eaten piranha. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. What? What? Why? Well, you're a worldly person. Okay. You go places. <laughs> I don't know. They don't taste very good. No? No. They taste like sad, shriveled up whitefish. Like, oh. like cod. Oh, like okay. if a cod got sad and stopped eating, that's what piranha tastes like. Hmm. Depr- that's disappointing. <laughs> piranha is depressed cod. I would expect piranha to taste like angry cod, <laughs> which I would assume would taste good. Yeah. I don't, I've never eaten angry meat. Mm. I mean, I got, unless you count piranha. Maybe angry is Anger just, just a, small, yeah. a small taste of sadness. You know, you want things to be seasoned with fear, not anger. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. So, yeah, anger tastes bad. I don't know what per- barracuda tastes like, and I certainly don't know what orca <laughs> tastes like. <laughs> you could have told me that you've eaten both of those, and I'd be like, yeah, it checks out. 
But I feel like out of all of them, Orca would probably taste the best. Yeah, I can see that. I bet now I want to try Barracuda. Okay, but seriously, let's talk about these creatures. What about them? I don't know. Do you find them hot? What? No, they're animals, <laughs> Philip. Fuck, Mary, kill. No, we're not. I'm not playing. <laughs> Look, I still feel bad about playing, getting talked into playing Fuck, Mary, kill with the sharks from Jaws. <laughs> Well, even though I was imagining myself as a shark. You know what the problem is, is that now I cannot stop imagining myself as a shark and I'm having sex dreams about other sharks and I'm a shark. This is not true. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like something you need to take somewhere else, not here. I mean, you started it. Oh, it's my fault. Yeah, you're like the head vampire. Okay, so I kill you, I stop having these dreams. You marry the orca, you fuck the piranha, not, you kill the bear. I'm not even That's just gonna, what you do. I'm not humoring you on this. Okay. Honestly though, let's let's <laughs> talk about these creatures as threats. Okay. Before we do that, I just no. want to say What do you mean no? You can't say we're going to do this and then before we No, go ahead. Thanks. Thank okay, you for allowing me to do my thing. Uh so in orca the professor scientist Rachel Bedford has a whole presentation on orcas. And while we were watching this, we were both like, this doesn't sound right. Yeah. She's making a lot of wild claims. And not just in that presentation. She continues throughout the movie to say things about orcas that start to get to the, like they border on like conspiracy talk. Like she says things like, she starts talking about the orca at one point, like it's like using human psychology on it. Like talking like a therapist about someone who's, you know, grief has caused them to have negative impulses. And like, well, you can't give in to the negative impulse. You've got to set a boundary with this orca. Yeah, and she that's literally just says, if he's anything like a human being, what the whale wants isn't necessarily what he should have. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, he's not like a human being. But she said at the beginning in her presentation all these crazy things. So. Yeah, like she says things like the whale in Orca's brain is more complex than any other brain on Earth. She says that when they when they talk, when they make noises, that their noise has 50 million pieces of information in it. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta hold on. My I'm a whale and I'm downloading. <laughs> she says that they mate for life. She says that orcas will always remember humans and will... Oh, yeah, like they're crows or something. Yeah, like will hunt them down to the ends of the earth <laughs> if they have revenge against them. Like, it's a lot of wild claims. Yeah. It all seems to serve the plot of the movie. Yeah. And, it's, I, and you really do wonder, like, how much of this is true? Is any of it true? Most of it is not true, actually. <laughs> what, okay, what specifically... Well, their brain is not that complex. Okay. I mean, it is complex. They're very intelligent creatures, but it is not the most complex brain on the planet. It's one of the biggest, but biggest doesn't mean complex. And she has this like chart where like... She does show the the, the brain. brain, It's like bigger, but also has a lot more folds in it to suggest that like it's more complicated, but it's not. Also, their sound is fascinating. Actually, orca language is really fascinating, but it is not full of 50 million pieces of information. I feel like you're dancing around the thing that everyone wants to know, which, which is, is are orcas monogamous? Like, no. are they poly? What's up with these orcas? Did they read the ethical slut? What's up? So orcas are super slutty, especially <laughs> the men. They do not mate for life at all. Orcas are matrilineal. Uh-huh. So the the pods, the families are yeah. headed by the women and and the um the families tend to stick to the the matrial line. Gotcha. And the men will go off and just fuck whoever. 
Okay. But yeah, men are super slutty. What a surprise. Yeah, right? Yeah. So the idea that, you know, a male would be super upset or angry that one of his mates they got a baby with was killed is, I mean, maybe he would. I mean, it would still be shitty. I mean, I feel like you can be ethically non-monogamous, you know, and still then go get revenge for one of your partners who's been murdered. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they don't mate for life. Like, no matter how slutty I am, I wouldn't just be like, oh, you killed so-and-so? Fine, I'm okay with it. Yeah, right. I'm moving on to the next one i have three babies on the way already yeah no speaking of the other thing that i think is a wild choice to make for this movie is i was trying to look more into what uh orca fetuses look like and well, I, okay <laughs> well because okay so uh rachel has this whole She's, thing that's where right. she says that they look like human fetuses and they even have fingers that is not true <laughs> she's like a fucking <laughs> anti-choice activist totally <laughs> Operation Rescue paid for this woman's degree. Orcas do not have fingers when they're in the womb. And I think it was honestly, the only way I can wrap my mind around that is I think it was a way to make that fetus look more disturbing to us. Yeah. By making it look like a human fetus. Well, yeah, exactly. If you see that, then you're going to be more emotionally invested in the revenge quest of this orca, which is ultimately what the movie is about. I choose to believe that the writers knew that everything she was saying was wrong. Because they want to make her seem even more unhinged. Because she's a very unhinged character. There is, There are very few people in that movie to relate to for the audience. Right. Like, there's no one really to root for. There's not. There aren't a lot of people to even like. And the relationship between Rachel and Nolan is so... Toxic. Toxic <laughs> and off-putting and yeah. strange and... There's no chemistry between them whatsoever. No, I think they're drawn to each other as like like as, an addiction. As, well, as two psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> like they're addicted to making each other's lives worse. Yeah. And so I think it makes sense for Rachel to not know what the fuck she's talking about when it comes to Orcas. I just feel bad for her students, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I, I hope that they know that she is not, she shouldn't have that position. I feel bad for most people in her life, I think. although in in all fairness i mean a lot of stuff that she does say about orcas turns out to be true with this orca uh well yeah 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 this one orca does happen to be incredibly intelligent Mm -hmm. and very focused on captain nolan and his crew picking them off one by one so that's what i have to say about about rachel's presentation okay before we move on from the creatures, I just want to know, like, how would you rank them in terms of threat? Oh, well, I mean, obviously the orca's at the top. Really? Yeah, well, because he's the only one that, like, truly has agency as a threat. I mean, the piranha and the barracudas are both only threats because of human intervention. It's the human threat, and specifically the conspiratorial government threat that is using the barracuda. Well, not even in barracuda. They're not using the barracuda. That's just just a side side effect. And in Piranha, it's just, yeah, again, it's the conspiratorial American government threat that is responsible for the Piranha being a problem. The orca has agency and intelligence intelligence and a goal. Now, however, as a threat, you know, the orca is pretty simple. Don't 
kill the orca's wife and you'll right. be fine. Or if you do, never go back near an ocean ever again. Yeah, just move inland. What are you doing? It's yeah. not like it's going to fucking rent a car and track you down. This is why, okay, I think the barracuda is the least threatening thing. I think, yeah. to me, the piranhas are the biggest threat. Yeah. Once they're out, now that they're in the world, now that humans have created them, because they are both yeah. salt and freshwater, they can literally go fucking anywhere. They breed like crazy, and they're practically unstoppable by yeah. any known means of poisoning. I guess what I mean is, like, narratively, the orca is the most narratively satisfying threat, because yes. it's an actual character. True. Whereas the piranha is, like, in a real-world context, that's way worse, because, yeah, it's just, like, at this point, it's a natural disaster. At this point... Honestly, the piranha are like COVID. It's just like every chance you had to stop these piranhas, you fucked up, and now it's just out there forever. Look, the piranha is a metaphor for COVID, is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, I just, I will say, as far as things that get under my skin, one big creature gets under my skin a lot less than a lot of small, dangerous creatures. I, I don't know where I stand on that. I feel like I cognitively I can appreciate your position. But I'm also, I'm just way more scared of bigger things, I think. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just one big thing. I, I think there's a tipping point. I think at some point, a group of small things becomes big enough to, you know what I mean, to be scarier to me. But I, I, I don't know. So like Jaws, I mean, sharks are scary or they can be scary. I love them. They're scary. You kill Jaws and Jaws is done, you know. His mate will come back later, but like, it's not just this never-ending onslaught of them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd rather give me the never-ending onslaught. Really? Yeah, I feel like it's because it's easier to kill the little things, you know? Okay, so you pick orca, I pick piranha. Yeah, I mean, the piranhas are ultimately scarier. Like, they're going to do more damage as a whole. And they don't have, like, they don't have a guiding will. Yeah, they're a, they're a natural disaster at this point. It's just like, <laughs> they they're, really they're just mouths that are eating. And that's all. And there's no reasoning with that. They are scarier than the orca because the orca is just like... Like I just don't have to do the things you do to piss off that orca, and then I can just get away from it, and it's not a big deal. Right. These piranha can go anywhere. Mm. They can go freshwater, saltwater, rivers, probably chlorine they can survive in, I imagine. But if I'm in a situation where one of the two things is coming for me, I mean, I guess in that situation, yeah, I probably would rather have the orca. All right, so I want to do something, a twist on the MVP. A tw okay, yeah. I want to do MVP, LVP. Okay. Most valuable player and least valuable player. But the catch is with the least valuable player, this is not like a Mayor Vaughn thing. This is not somebody actively working against. This is somebody trying to help that's just not helping. That's like most people. That's like the entire cast of Orca. Yeah. <laughs> so let's end with that. Let's start with Piranha. I personally think that the duo of Maggie and Paul is fantastic. I, I don't think that it's a contest in Piranha. I think it's Maggie. Well, because Paul's a drunk. Paul's a drunk, and he's a bad father. Like, when he when he calls the camp, and Paul Bartel's like, you're drunk, and hangs up on him, and he's like, he thinks I'm drunk. And it's like, well, well you, you are. You are. You, you literally are. have been drinking this whole you're time. You're still drunk. <laughs> like, don't try to tell me that just because you are sobered up, that, that negates the fact that you have or, been drinking the entire movie. I don't think that he's even sober. I think it's like more like, don't try to tell me that just because you have a legitimate thing to say, yeah. that, you know, that suddenly sobers well, you. Well, he's got that, like... A drama sober you know how like if like a crisis happens when you're drunk you immediately kind of like sober up a little bit right but he's still technically yeah, he wouldn't pass a breathalyzer no god no this entire movie not once yeah. even when he's like is pulled <laughs> over by the cop and he's like give me a breathalyzer it's like you don't want that yeah, you're yeah, gonna you fail won't. that you're definitely gonna fail that breathalyzer paul 
And he does end up saving the day, technically. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of... Because it's, it's funny, that scene... Again, it's this thing where like the movie moves at Maggie's pace, and then when Paul picks up the pace, it's moving at his pace too. And like they steal that boat, and they're they're flying the boat in to where, and you're like, "What are you even gonna do? You don't have a plan yet. At no point have you discussed what you're gonna do about these piranha once you get there." And they're like coming up with stuff as they're going. It's like, "Uh, I don't know. Go over there. <laughs> We're gonna do this thing." And they get to, and it's like, "Oh shit, it's flooded. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna swim in there and see if it works anyway." And it's like. There's a frantic kind of like fuck it, let's improvise genius to that. Yeah. And so there's a there's a part of that that I respect Paul for is that he's able to just like, I don't know, we'll do this. Oh, shit. Okay, that instead. Well, I think that's why I like them so much as a team. Yeah. Because they really play off of that with each other. Yeah. I mean, Maggie, you're right. Maggie is the is the better half. Yeah. But they do work together really well. Yeah. And she's the one that like, for the most part, is the one constantly like getting them out of things. Like she's the one that flashes the guard, which. <laughs> okay. That scene. That scene is great. What if he's gay? What if he's gay? Then, then I'll, I'll distract him. <laughs> then I'll distract him. I, I love mean, how it's not like, it's just like, yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. 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 And then she like asks him, are you gay? <laughs> and then she's the one that gets them out of jail. She's the one that does the Mo Schneider trick and breaks them out of jail. What's the Mo Schneider trick? Where she floods the, she like kicks oh, the yeah. pipe God, out. I love that. And, yeah. <laughs> And it works. And then she's like, uh, maybe I should have bribed him first. I think that's why I love her so much is that she, like, she comes across as kind of like a little ditzy, a little kind of all over the place, not quite grounded. But she's actually incredibly resourceful and really good at her job. Well, in that moment, she plays up the like men underestimating women thing because she's like, I don't know how to turn the sink off. Can you help me, big strong man? You know, right. like. But I, I'm more referring to at the beginning when you first meet her. Yeah. And she's playing Jaws, and she just like has this the interactions with uh, what's his face who hires her, Earl. Yeah. Um. You know, it almost seems like he's like second guessing whether he should have hired her. Yeah. You know. Well, because she's a city girl. That's yeah. her. Whole, that's his whole she's thing. Like, don't worry, I'm two thirds bloodhound. Yeah. I'm, but like in that moment, I was like, I don't think you can do this job. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she is the one that fucks up and sets the piranha free. Like, that's her call. Yeah. So, in a way, she's also LVP because the whole reason there's a threat is because she does a dumb thing. True. So, okay, so Maggie is both the MVP and LVP. Yeah, I'm going to say she's both. I like that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that does Maggie justice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what was a, a very LVP moment? What? Is uh, Dr. Hoke. Dude, I don't understand why he tries to save that kid. Why he jumps out of the raft to save that kid. That's exactly what I was going to say is the LVP moment is him jumping out to save it. Because it literally accomplished nothing. You didn't need to do it. The kid was going to get on the raft anyway. Yeah. He was going to make it. Uh, In fact, if anything, he got between the raft and the canoe. Yeah, he made it take longer. (laughs) Yeah. And also, in his death, he attracts the piranhas to come and bite the fucking raft apart because it's his blood from his hand Mm -hmm. hanging off the raft that causes them to come. LVP because he actually made the situation worse for everybody. And it makes it honestly like until later when they're trying to convince Dr. Mengers to like be on their side. They're like, oh, in the end, Hoke was trying to help. And that's the only reason that he did that. Because in the moment... He's just done this whole like mad scientist thing where he's like, you don't understand. And it's so brilliant. 
You don't understand what it's like. It was pure research to, you know, apolitical science to just have the resources to do your science and no one questioning you. Like it's, it's such a great little like mad scientist monologue. Right. Cause that is attractive. Like yeah. I can see that in that field being like, fuck it. You yeah. know? Yeah. And like, if you're a person with no ethical limitations to yourself, that's where you go. That's mm-hmm. what you're going to do. So that makes no sense for him to just suddenly have like a Darth Vader turning good moment. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, unless there's something in that kid that he sees, you know, where it's like, oh, my, I had a kid once. So I'm going to dive in and say, it doesn't, I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird moment. Yeah. So he's the secondary LVP. I mean, that movie has a lot of LVPs. <laughs> yeah, well, Paul I mean, Bartel. It, what? <laughs> Paul Bartel's character, the summer camp uh, director. Oh, yeah, true. I, I mean, and then it has mostly just people actively working against. Yeah. I also, you know, I like Susie. Susie's another kind of MVP because she's she's a final girl. Mm-hmm. She's like a little final girl with training wheels. Like, yeah. Oh my god, she is. She's she, like final girl junior. Yeah. She's yeah. She's <laughs> little final girl. little final girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know because she has that moment, she like sees something wrong. Yeah. She like feels it. She, she exactly. knows it's not she okay. She has that final girl like vigilance and worry. Yep. But then she like comes to her own at the end and like actually grabs that raft and takes out. I think it's hilarious that she rafts past all of these dying kids to get to the well, counselor friends. They were shitty to her. <laughs> right. But like that, that scene where she's rafting past them, like literally a bunch of screaming bloody kids. And she's just like moving I'm on. Save the counselors. <laughs> uh, Betsy's death hurts. I love Betsy so much. I think Betsy and what's Laura. her name? Laura, Laura, Dick- Dickinson? Laura Dickinson. Dickinson. Yeah. Laura and Betsy are such a great duo. They're so great for Susie. Laura and Betsy are amazing. I ship them, first of all. Oh my Um, God, yeah. They're absolutely, like that scene where they're going to go skinny dipping, I'm definitely reading into this, but like, I think Betsy has a crush on Laura. For sure. And I think Laura was like leaning in. Yeah. She was like, well, maybe. Like she's getting letters from that boy she likes, but like Betsy's there. Um, Like if, if what's his face hadn't fucking gotten the way. Paul Bartel. Yeah. (laughs) I can't, Mr. Dumont. Yeah. But that scene with, with, where they introduce Laura and she's just like trying to like help Susie get over her fear of swimming and, and you know, the, the, it's, she's just so great. And she's like the bubbly nice. And then Betsy's kind of like, she's telling that ghost story. The scene where she's telling the ghost story is amazing. Of course. And of course you love that. The ghost story she's telling, it sounds like an Italian horror movie. It's, yeah, it's so dark. fucking weird. Yeah. And weird. Yeah. It's like not kid appropriate. No, it's definitely not kid appropriate. <laughs> But also I, I love that they're kind of this like yin yang with helping Susie yeah. where like it's Betsy who tries to like fake the injury, right? Yeah, it's Betsy, Betsy tells Susie to fake an injury. Yeah. yeah. And then it's Laura who's like trying to like coach her, yeah. you know, but both of them are very gentle with her. Yeah. You know, they want to work with her. Yeah. One of my favorite shots in this movie is Betsy's death. And I actually read that Roger Corman, who produced this, uh, had made them reshoot it. Cause they, he wanted it to be bloodier, but it's like that she's sinking into the depths surrounded mm. by that pool oh my God, that, like, yeah. cloud of blood. Yeah. It's like such a haunting moment Yeah, because you really love her so much. I think that's why this movie bothered me so much as a kid because in like, in like this sadness way, as opposed to Jaws, which scared the shit out of me, mm-hmm. Piranha just made me sad because of Betsy's death. Yeah. It's haunting. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to move on to Barracuda for MVP LVP? Ah, uh, sure. I... Even though he can be a bit much, I fucking love Mike Camfield. I think I hate him. Wow. I, I was wondering I if him. you were going to have that. I don't response. know. I, I go back and forth on him because it's weird. He's such a fucking asshole 
to everyone in this movie. Yeah, and he can't stop. He can't stop being a prick. And it makes, like, sometimes I'm like, God, stop it. And then sometimes I'm like, you know, I appreciate your dedication. Like, I admire how fucking jaded you are. Like, the fact that, like, he's this environmental science guy and marine biologist or whatever. Like, it's like, he has, he's on this crusade to save the earth. And it's just like, he knows that it's a losing fight. And so it makes him cynical. Mm -hmm. And so he just constantly can't help but not be impressed with anyone helping. Yeah. Like, he's just constantly, fuck you, fuck you to everybody. Even the reporter, the thing that really, I think, first started to bother me about him was when he was shitty to the reporter, Floyd. Because, like, I understand the movie's trying to paint members of the press as, like, you know, the sensationalist, like, oh, I'm just looking for a headline. Like, they're, they're callous, you know... The, the press version of ambulance chasing. And I kind of, I get that that's what the movie wants, but like it doesn't make any sense for an environmental scientist guy to be like dismissive of a reporter who wants to do a story on the chemical plant polluting because it's like, no, this is, this is what you want. This is your goal is to get the story out there to get attention to it, to affect public opinion and legislation. Like right. it makes no sense for him to be stonewalling this reporter. Counterpoint, though, and what I found really interesting is because at first with his snark, when it was like you first get a really good sense of it when he's directing it at Bubba and Eugene when they pick him up. Oh, my God. That scene's incredible. I love it. But then he gets arrested and it's really when Liza comes in bringing him food. He's a shithead to her. so shitty to her. And that's when I was like, okay, no, this is actually like an interesting defense mechanism on his part. He is incapable of connecting to anybody except by being incredibly sarcastic and snarky. Yeah. I don't know. It just gave me an interesting read from him from then on out Mm -hmm. where I was like, he really is a a decent person trying to do the right thing. He just doesn't know how to be a human. Yeah. And I want to know like, what's his backstory? What made him so fucking jaded besides, you know, being an environmentalist in, you know, look around you. The world. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you have to imagine there's also some other traumas there. Yeah. For him to be that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just a dick. Him being that way makes me like the movie more. Mm -hmm. Like, I really think it's an interesting choice to have your protagonist who is just such a fucking dick. It's almost like some of these Italian protagonists, you know? Yeah, I mean, a a lighter version. Yeah, (laughs) well, it's like, it's a less horny, uh, less less misogynistic, misogynistic, less chauvinistic version of that, where it's like, he's not being like, I'm an alpha male. He's just an asshole. Yeah. And it makes the movie more interesting, but I still hate him. Like, if I knew him, oh my God, forget it. Yeah. I would never hang out with this guy. But I, I do find it interesting that he does. It's He does genuinely like Sheriff Williams, mm-hmm. Ben. Yeah, that's he true. He genuinely likes Liza, and he still has that attitude with them. Yeah. I still think MVP is Lester. Really? Okay. I, I don't know. I just like Lester. Lester is one that is continually surprising. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. They, they paint him as this oaf. Like, the first time you introduce... You're introduced to him. He's like, you know, asleep in the chair. Yeah. And so you expect them to play up that whole like, oh, here's the dumb deputy. And he continually does his job. The scene where he stops the guy that's about to go scuba diving is like, don't do that alone. You know? And it's like, you didn't have to say anything to this guy, but you chose to. And I respect that. And then he's upset when the guy dies. He's like, I told him not to go alone. Also, can we talk about their dinner for a second when they're at the diner? And the the waitress comes with their food. Edna is the fucking okay, she's, greatest. Yeah, she's great. I, what does she say? She says, "You ain't never had nothing fresh in this joint." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I hope it's fresh. You ain't never had nothing fresh in this joint." But yeah, their dinner. 
So what they're having for dinner is a fish, a whole fish with the head still on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, who eats that? Yeah. Uh, side note. I mean, there are places that, you know. Anybody who has ever served that to me, which was maybe once in my life, I w- would not eat. Yeah. It, that's, <laughs> I mean, it still scales. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, a whole fish with the head, with the dead eyes staring blankly at mm-hmm. nothingness. And then tomatoes, pickles, and beans. And that's what's on this plate. I mean, but having met Edna, I believe that this is the diner that would serve that. <laughs> and I just love that he's eating it. Yeah. And Lester's like, are you going to finish your beans to the sheriff? <laughs> Lester is great. I, I like Lester. And it's, okay, you know, me, you know me. You know my position. A cab forever. Fuck the pigs. <laughs> All cops are bad. Mm-hmm. All cops are bastards. But like, this town... They do such a great job, this movie does such a great job of creating this fucked up town where everyone's hostile, everyone's got problems. There's so much flavor. And even in the background, like I love that first glimpse you get. Oh, yeah. That that something's wrong here, that the town's weird with the like... The two guys fighting, or the man and woman. No, it's two two guys. The man and woman is later. It's Mm. like one guy like shoulder checks another and then they have a fight, but it's like in the background of like a main character heading in somewhere. Yeah. You know? And so like you hear them, but it's just... Like, it catches you off guard because you're like, why the fuck was that included? Yeah, You know what movie would do well to pay attention to this kind of stuff? What? The new Halloween movies. <laughs> Go on. Say Which more. is just like this film, like those, that movie is supposed to be about this small town that's like, oh, it's tortured and haunted and everything. But you never really feel that mm-hmm. in the movie. This movie, it's like every other scene. You're like, oh, this town is not doing okay. Right. Right. Well, and that's what I mean is it has a lot of flavor. Like it wants you to get to know the town. And it does so by not just focusing on these main characters, but like having a lot of side characters. Well, the, the hotel clerk. Yeah, when, when the de- when the quote unquote developers are checking in and checking out of the hotel, and the hotel clerk's always like, "Ah, oh, you guys must have great plans for this place," and we oh, could we really get more, use it. We could really use it. Yeah, like he's like desperate. Yeah, and it's oh, it's great. Yeah, I I I don't know. I like Lester. I like Liza. I it's honestly like the say. sheriff. Yeah, Sheriff Williams. Yeah, it's hard to say the MVP LVP of this movie because everybody kind of works together and does their own part. Yeah, you know? I like the Barracudas. Yeah, I mean they're honestly they're like they're like the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, they're the re- they're the reason we know shit's fucked up yeah. is because they're attacking people. I like in the beginning we get a POV of a barracuda, but it's basically just attacking the this woman's butt. It's just like it's like the camera's just flying, being thrown at this woman's ass over and over again. Just poking it. Yeah. So then, do we just say that the MVP is the town of uh, Palm Cove? Palm Cove. Poor town. Poor yeah. fucked up town. So, okay, so the town of uh, Palm Cove, is that what it is? The town of Palm Cove is the MVP and LVP. (laughs) (laughs) The movie, it's, God, it's so interesting. The movie itself is so cynical because it is is like, you know, Papa Jack has that line, right, when they talk about, like, the divers or whatever from the university, and he goes, should have set fire to that place years ago. <laughs> yeah, right? I love that line because it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And the whole reason this experiment is happening is because they want to combat the anti-war movement. The government right. is trying to make people angry so that there's not a, a strong anti-war movement can't take hold. So in a way, the MVP of Barracuda is the the, the, the anti-war boomers, oh. the hippies, <laughs> the, the, the protesters. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about Orca? Sure. I don't think there is an MVP in Orca. <laughs> I think it's the whale. 
Actually, yeah, you're right. I think it's the orca is the, the MVP. I mean, he accomplishes all of his goals. Yeah, yeah, he gets everything done. Yeah, um, everything he sets out to do by the end of the movie, he has done. This, I mean, look, look, this movie is Death Wish, but with a killer whale instead of Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. Like straight up, that's what this is. Like it's a revenge story where all of the humans are either complicit or actively villainous. Yep, and. I don't, I mean, poor Annie, (laughs) poor Annie gets her leg broken and then bit off. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Nolan's a very fascinating character, but we'll talk about him in another (laughs) section because he's definitely not MVP. I mean, I think you're right. Orca Orca. is MVP. I think that the LVP is Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that she thinks that she's trying to do the right thing, but she even the crazy Rachel's fucking nuts. The crazy thing about Rachel is that she even acknowledges that she's nuts. Like she acknowledges that she's saying the wrong things, that she's switching her motivations, that Mm -hmm. she doesn't understand why she's doing the things she's doing. Her monologues, her voiceovers are like that of an unhinged person. She, the thing she says to Nolan when it's like, oh we're together or whatever when he comes into the room and she's lying down and it's like come i'll warm you that's a really weird thing to say to somebody mm-hmm. she, yeah she's a problem yeah uh you know who else is lvp though probably is jacob if there's a dick hollering in any of these movies it's jacob right because he shows up and you think that he's <laughs> think like he's gonna help and then he just dies in the dumbest fucking way possible right yeah he's the one that's like well you got to go out there the whale wants you out there so you got to go out there and it's like what i I don't well that's the thing it's like both jacob and rachel are these outside voices they're not a part of this revenge plot but they they seem to be like wanting desperately to be a part of it in a way that doesn't make any sense and and the (laughs) recommendations that they're giving and the choices that they make are just actively working to make the situation worse yeah. You know, or, yeah. or the same. Like, they could have not been on that boat and it probably would have gone the same way. Yeah. And they kind of don't ever, like, was it he wants to do at one point? No one's like, I want to explain to him in English. I want to talk to the whale and apologize to him and tell him it was an accident and that I didn't mean it. And then maybe he'll leave me alone. Mm-hmm. There's No one has any good ideas in this movie. No. No, no one. There are no relatable characters in this movie. Right. Honestly, another candidate for LVP is Ken, Robert Carradine's character, who shows up at the beginning, falls into the water, then disappears. Yeah, right. And then comes back, and you're like, oh shit, Ken's back, and then fucking dies. Yeah, he and literally does nothing. Does nothing. Why is he even there? You know who actually probably the MVP is, besides the orca, if we're p- having to pick a human MVP? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, what's his name? The head fisherman? Is it Al Swain? Al Swain, the head of the fisherman's union. Yeah. Yeah. Because he does everything he can to protect his town. It's fascinating because he's almost positioned at first as like a Mayor Vaughn type character. Right. But it's like, no, he's the one trying to, he's our Martin Brody here, but it's just, this is a movie about a bunch of Mayor Vaughns <laughs> and one Martin Brody. Yeah. But ultimately, I think I think he's runner up for MVP. Well, yeah. Cause because ultimately the, he doesn't affect anything. The orca is the MVP. The Ark is the MVP. So since we've already brought it up, do we want to give Mayor Vaughn awards? Yeah. I mean, Barracuda's got a number. There's, that's the thing. All of these movies have several candidates for a Mayor Vaughn award. Okay. Barracuda has Papa Jack and Dr. Snow. And then my favorite, the government. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing about Mayor Vaughn, though, is yeah. that 
Mayor Vaughn is is a uh, accidental villain, not an intentional villain. Well, I don't know if I would go that far. I would say that it, you know, he's not the source of the problem, but he's right. the one making the problem worse and right. and preventing directly impeding yeah. any progress to be made in solving the problem. So I think that removes the government in this case of Barracuda <laughs> because they're the ones that are active. Yeah, they're the shark. Yeah. <laughs> the government is the is Bruce in this scenario, is Jaws. Dr. Snow, I think is an interesting character, but I don't think that he's eligible for the Mayor Vaughn. Why? Well, because he, again, is, like, working on behalf of the government. Like, the choices he's making are conscious, and he knows what he's doing. Like, he is creating this problem. I mean, I think Vaughn knows what he's doing, too. He just doesn't know that it's the wrong thing. In the same way that Dr. Snow thinks that what he's doing is right. Right, but he also, he is a branch of the government. He knows this project like he is the head of Project Lucifer. I mean, yeah, okay. Because the real threat of the movie isn't the Barracuda. It's the government. So I think Papa Jack is probably your best Mayor Vaughn in Barracuda because he's doing, the choices he's making of collaborating with the government to cause these problems, he doesn't really know or seem to care much what the government's doing. He's just collaborating with them for his own profit and gain. Yeah, yeah. Snow, I still think Snow is eligible, but I I think, yeah, you're right. Okay, so then who would you nominate in Piranha? Oh, God. Pick somebody. Okay, so it's I'll I'll tell you the 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 candidates are again the government, and in this case less so than in Barracuda. Agreed. Be, more more I would say more the government is more Mayor Vaughn in Piranha than it, in Barracuda. Agreed, because they're not necessarily at this point they've abandoned the project. It's really yeah. Doctor Hoke that's continued the project. Yeah. They're just trying to cover it up so that they don't look bad and don't yeah. have to deal you know like deal with the fallout from it. Yeah, and even Doctor Hoke is a candidate because like Mayor Vaughn, his whole thing is just like passing the buck. You know, he's because he even says, he's like, oh, you want to talk about murder? Talk to the politicians. They're the ones that started it. I'm just a cog in the machine. Right. Like he, that's the thing. Piranha is so great because the whole thing is just about passing the buck. It's about, you know, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault, you know? Mm. And that's everyone's thing. Speaking of passing the buck, Buck Gardner, who is such a fucking fascinating character and Dick Miller is so perfect to play this. I, I was so excited that he was in this. The for that fact role. that he's like a fake Texan and says shit like, you have my word as a Texan and then schmuck. Like <laughs> Dick Miller, the least Texan person on the planet, maybe. <laughs> like mm-hmm. f- from the Bronx, the child of Russian Jewish immigrants, <laughs> but in a 10 gallon hat and a bolo tie and a big belt buckle. Just this fake Texan guy. He's great. And he's like a carny historian. That whole thing about him putting the, the detail about him putting this aqua arena together from pieces of different like carnivals, but like he has a love for it. He loves that pig, that swimming pig. He loves that swimming yeah. pig. It's so fascinating. Um, so he's a Mayor Vaughn candidate. Because he's oh, the one sure. that's like constantly just like, there's no problem. What are you talking about? Yeah, and like literally hanging up on Maggie. <laughs> literally hanging up on Maggie. And then, then obviously Dr. Mengers. Yeah. Well, then Colonel Waxman. Okay. From the military. Speaking of Colonel Waxman, yeah. I want to give a very quick side award as the Shade Award. Best Shade. Oh. And this was one of my Stupid favorite moments. Cow. In the- <laughs> when that woman comes up to him at the Aquarina Resort and says... Oh, General Waxman, it's been so long. And he says, it's Colonel, ma'am. And she goes, oh, Colonel, still? I can't imagine why. 
that's so like such... she gets the award, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because that's such great shade. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, oh, that's wonderful. That's like. I love so that. genius. I love that. And that it, it's that kind of flavor to I his love. Face. Yeah. Like I can't imagine why. I can't imagine Colonel why. Colonel Still. <laughs> She's so great. <laughs> so vicious. But yeah, so Colonel Waxman, Dr. Manger. The 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 cops, the state trooper guy that arrests them for sure. And yeah, Dr. Here's the thing. Dr. Menger's, I would be like, she's low-key, the mayor Vaughn here, but she's more malevolent than Mayor Vaughn. Yeah, in fact, she's probably one of the most malevolent people in this movie. Yeah. Because she knows. She knows. And she's like, no, there's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, she's chilling. And Barbara yeah. Steele. Uh, and maybe part of that is that it's Barbara Steele. It's Barbara Steele. Like, she, yeah, it, yeah she, she gets under my skin, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing about the Mayor Vaughn Award for this movie is that, yeah, every single person in this movie has a different motivation and is trying to gain something or, yeah. you know, that, and so many of those motivations are actively working against solving this problem, <laughs> which means like half the people in this movie are Mayor Vaughn's. I yeah. Mean, Mr. Dumont. Mr. Dumont. Is a Mayor yeah. Vaughn. yeah. He's a mayor. Oh, he's for sure a Mayor Vaughn. This movie has so many fucking Mayor Vaughn's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the... <laughs> The water ski girls that are driving the boat with the guy and they're just like, well, he thinks he's hot shit, so let's endanger his life. It's like, Jesus Christ, everyone's a Mayor Vaughn. Like, this whole movie is just about how petty and awful people can be. Right. And I love that. All three of these movies, just like the Jaws movies, have a lot of analogies to connect it to current times. <laughs> I think yeah. Piranha might be the most. Yeah, yeah, probably. The, the most accurate. Well, because, again, it just has so much going on. Right. So of all these people... <laughs> Who's the most Vaughn? Well, oh, we haven't covered... So Orca. Okay, I mean... Pick a Nolan. person. It's Nolan. Nolan's the Vaughn. Yeah. Because he fucked up and he's continuously putting uh, everyone else at, in danger as a result of his mistake. And he has that really great scene with the priest at the church. It's such a weird scene. He's like got this guilt and you know, you already <laughs> know it's related to something with, because you've already had the right. You've already had the flashback to the, at that point, the yeah. car accident, but he has that question where he's like, can you commit a sin against an animal? And the priest says, you can commit a sin against a blade of grass. Yeah. Every <laughs> sin is a sin against yourself or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so great. That's so great because you do see this like this guilt that Nolan has and he's not like he's not an asshole. And even later on when he says shit like, oh, it's it's already out of my mind. I'm not thinking about the whale at all. What are you talking about? And it's like, you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole that's the subtext. Right. You know, he's not saying what he means. And Ever. That's, <laughs> that's great. That's so great. Richard Harris is so great in this role. It's just he's just supremely unrelatable. Mm-hmm. Except in those moments where you're like, oh, the, the the frailty of of our of our intentions as as humans. But he just keeps fucking up and putting everybody else in danger. And even when he tries to help, it's a problem. Yeah, which makes him very Vaughn. Although, God, maybe it's Rachel. I had Rachel on my list only because, well, at the beginning, it seems like she's trying to stop him from making bad choices. Yeah. But then at a certain point, she just kind of is feeding it. <laughs> Yeah. But I think Rachel's motivations are too unclear to be a Mayor Vaughn. Yeah. And Nolan, you kind of see his motivations through it. Yeah. You know, Rachel, you're just like, you're just a lunatic. Okay, so if yeah. it's Nolan with Orca, it's Papa Jack with Mayor Vaughn, and then in Piranha, it's pretty much everybody. Everybody, yeah. But but the main characters. Yeah. Who's our ultimate Mayor Vaughn? God, I don't know. I kind of want to say Dr. Mengers just because it's Barbara Steele, but 
I mean, Piranha's the best movie. Yeah. So I feel like it's Piranha. We are all the Mayor Vaughn. <laughs> you know? The I, Mayor Vaughn was the friends we made along the way. I do think out of everybody in Piranha, it comes down to three people. I think it comes down to Dr. Mengers, Buck Gardner, and Colonel Waxman. Yeah. But I don't know who of them is 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 the most Mayor Vaughn. Is the Marist Vaughn. <laughs> Marist Vaughnist. <laughs> yeah. We could just say it's Calvin Bouchard again. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it's I feel like because Menger's at the end is her just like lying. No, mm. everything's fine. It's okay. There was a thing, and now we dealt with it. There's no nothing to worry about. Yeah. And her like little like weird look at the camera, you know. You know what? I think you're right. I think it is Doctor Menger's. Yeah. Because like Mayor Vaughn, the thing about him is that he knew, yeah. right? Yeah. And with Buck Gardner, he hangs up on her because he's just like, I don't have time to deal with this now. Yeah. Like, he doesn't <laughs> want there to be more problems. He's got that great line where he's like, there's no fucking piranhas or whatever he says. And the guy comes up and he's like, it's the piranhas. And he's like, what? Yeah. And he, there is that moment at the end where you can tell he feels devastated yeah. that his choices led to this. Yeah. Whereas, Which Mayor Vaughn has that moment in Jaws. True. But, you know, you factor in the Jaws too, where he has not learned from his mistake. Yeah. Uh, Which I, leads you to Dr. Mengers. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? Dr. Mengers should have learned from her mistake and did not. Yeah. So Dr. Mengers is almost Mayor Vonner than Mayor Vaughn. Yeah, she's more Mayor Vaughn than Mayor Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite white zombie song. <laughs> more Mayor Vaughn than Mayor Vaughn. Okay, Dr. Mengers is our winner. Yeah. All right, before we wrap up, I want to cover just a quick vacation destination between okay. these three places. Uh, thread aside, remove the orca, remove the piranhas, remove the barracudas. Where would you most like to vacation? Palm Cove from Barracuda, South Harbor from Orca, or, uh, I mean, pick a place, Indian Springs, Lost River Lake, Aquarina. Let's say Aquarina, because that's the actual vacation destination. I mean, I would say if you're going to Indian Springs, you can do all of it. Yeah. Okay, you know, fine. You can yeah. go to the Aquarina. You can, I mean, you're not going to go to the summer camp unless, you know, you're, you've got your kids with you and want, you want to put them somewhere while you go to the Aquarina. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can just go skinny dipping up in the man-made pond at the facility. <laughs> right. <laughs> we've removed the piranhas. You know, I, you know what? Honestly, what I want to do is hang out on the river with Jack and Brandy and listen to him talk about his dog, Philip. What the fuck is that story he tells? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost his head over <laughs> a little tail. <laughs> That is a great, a great little doc to hang out with, and the yeah. two of them would be fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like Jack. I like that moment where he's like, the movie kind of stops to acknowledge like his kind of like simple appreciation of life, even though he's definitely got a big drinking problem. I don't know if I'd want to hang out with Paul though. I feel like they're both. You know what? I don't. I don't think it's good for me to hang out with either of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how you relapse. That's how I relapse. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's tough to say. Okay, so when you say remove the threat, are we saying also Palm Cove no longer has a chemicals in the water and weird doctor Correct. doing experiments problem? Correct. Yeah, the threat is gone. So I, just I, the community as it was before everybody got angry. Probably Palm Cove then. Okay. Because the cops there aren't going to be a problem to you. Like they, they seem like they're like small town enough with their cop shit that they're not like, you know, it's like Andy Griffith. Like they're not... They're not trying to bust anybody's balls. They're not like trying to get tanks and shit. You know, they're just like, whatever, we have our job. It's fine. And it's just like the diner seems nice. Yeah, I would love to go to Edna's diner. Yeah. And 
You know, you, you don't have all that weird hypoglycemia shit going on, and they're probably not all raging all the time. Mm-hmm. Seems like it'd be fun. Yeah. You know? Nice people. Here's what I would say. What? I think Indian Springs has the most amenities, the most variety. I could yeah, you know, yeah. have the most fun there just checking out all the different things yeah. from the, at the top of the river, the, you know, old army uh, <laughs> yeah. base all the way down to Aquarina. I would say South Harbor has the best guest house where they're staying on, on that, that like cabin on the stilts. Yeah. If I can get in that cabin and hang out in that cabin with Bo Derek and yeah. Paul, so sure, cute. I'm doing that. That'd be so fun. Yeah. But Palm Cove, I think would be the best place to spend a good chunk of time. You know, if yeah. like, you know, get a little cottage on the beach, it's, it's Florida. So it's, you know, the waters are nice. Yeah. South Harbor would be nice to like go to get some writing done. I was just about maybe. to say, that's your writing you know? getaway. Yeah. Yeah. Palm Cove. <laughs> I'd like to live there. Indian Springs. I mean, Indian Springs too. It's like I want to hang out with Buck Gardner. Yeah, I want to be a part. Sure. I want to work at Aquarina and be a part of this like carny shit he's got going on. Aquarina looks like a fun yeah. resort for sure. Yeah. It's a little crowded. There, I think they yeah, oversold. I mean, that was the grand opening. True, you know? true. Once that once that calms down, that'd be a great end of season place. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. None of these movies really have much in the way of like summer jams, except for We Are One, My Love, from. Orca, which yeah. <laughs> by Ennio Morricone, lyrics by Carol, uh, is it Carol Connors? I think so, yeah. Who did the, who did Gonna Fly Now? <laughs> Rocky. God, what a weird fucking song that it's is. so weird. All three of these movies have scores composed by like nearly legendary composers. You've got Ennio Morricone with Orca. You've got Pino Donaggio with Piranha. And you've got fucking Klaus Schultz. With Barracuda, who did Next of Kin and Angst, and both of those movies are fantastic. And it's funny, Ennio Morricone and Pino Donaggio, both Italian, I think. And Ennio Morricone is definitely Italian. Pino Donaggio's scored a bunch of Corman and De Palma stuff. They're just great scores. Mm-hmm. I mean, they well, are fantastic. The scores. Orca scores. I mean, here's the thing. So I made the comment while we were watching it that this is a Neo Morricone really phoning it in, but it's a Neo Morricone. So him phoning it in is still good. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's just like he's not trying very hard, yeah. you know? <laughs> Uh, One thing I will say is that apparently, according to the trivia, you know, and again, this is IMDb trivia. You take it with a grain of salt because anybody can fucking put shit there. But uh, apparently Carol Connors has, in like, interviews after this movie, said she regretted putting lyrics over that ending score. (laughs) That she should. It's so fucking weird. It's so weird. My love, we are one. Who is the love in this movie? Right. Who is one? Is this about Nolan and the whale? This and the scores in, I mean, Dinaggio and Morricone have their own thing going on, but they're also very like, you know, kind of very string heavy approaches to it. Whereas Klaus Schultz's score, the score for Barracuda is really interesting because it's like all this electronic music. It almost sounds like it doesn't belong in this movie, mm-hmm. um, but it's really interesting. And I don't know, it's just another thing that makes the movie really fascinating. You know, it's a Fort Lauderdale regional movie. It's, 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 it's not about Barracuda at all. Yeah. Again, I mean, I know I already said this, but the entire final third of the movie doesn't have a single Barracuda and the final half only has severed Barracuda heads. Yeah. (laughs) 
barracuda attacks are done before you get to the halfway point of this movie. Yeah, which is kind of a shame because the attacks are all really cool. Like they do the, I mean, Piranha does this better. Mm-hmm. The like the fake fish and then gore stuff. But Barracuda does have like, you know, disembodied limbs and mutilations and like skeletons, skeleton limbs and shit going on in it after the, after the attacks. The piranha, I mean, piranha does do it like way better with the like the drill, the dental drill sounds mm-hmm. and the so weird. the gore and of course that movie has fucking a stop motion animation creature yeah, by let's, Phil Tippett. Let's talk about that lizard for a second. Oh my god, that's it, such a weird aside. They originally, I guess, wanted it to be a thing that kept coming up in the movie and getting bigger and bigger and bigger because Joe Dante is a huge Ray Harryhausen fan, right? But they just didn't have the money to keep messing with it. So yeah, I they... read that, and then at the end, it was going to be like Godzilla size. Yeah, like a giant. <laughs> but I, but what I love is that even though they didn't have the money for that, they still kept it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love that they kept that. Yeah, it's so fantastic. Yeah. And, and Phil so Tippett, just great. And you got Chris Wallace doing effects, and doing prop, uh, prop work, and and um, Rob Bottin is one of Rob Bottin's first uh, jobs. All right. Well, I think we've covered our non-Shark Week. Yeah. Or not Shark Week. Not Shark Week. All right, Andy. Uh Uh-huh. Bye, good luck. Think there's any way to pull the plug on this thing? Let's get wet. People eat fish. Fish don't eat people. All right. All right. Bye, good luck. TTFN.